Good afternoon and welcome to the latest edition of Lunchtime Learnings. I'm absolutely delighted to have the main man, Matt Giggs, in the house today, um, who is going to share all his learnings from going to ARIC in Australia. So Matt, for people that have been living under a stone, um, who are you? What do you do? Because I know you do a hell of a lot. Um, so share it very quickly and then let's give some gold from what happened in Australia. So I'm Matt Giggs. I've been an estate agent for 28 years. I've gone from trainee to business owner, entrepreneur. Um, I live and breathe estate agency. I help estate agents to scale, but without the sleaze. I believe in the right way, not the wrong way. The right way is my way. The wrong way is everybody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm, joking. I'm sure that'll affect someone, but it's a joke. But I actually believe uh, in trust, transparency, honesty, but reaching the vendor's goals, the buyer's goals, helping people to meet their needs. And I think estate agents who really believe in that approach are making some serious ground at the minute. So, yeah, that's me. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you. So um, I'm delighted that you come. You're the only person I know with obviously Sam Hunter who lived in Australia to go to ARIC um, this year. I went five years ago with Luke and yeah. um, Sean and Alex Evans and Alex's brother Adam and we had an incredible time and I personally learned an awful lot. And one of the things that I learned there was how to negotiate properly and how to get a higher fee. And I wish I knew that when I was an agent 20 odd years ago. So for anybody that wants to know, get in touch with me. The majority of people have heard me do it so many times um, on the negotiating skills there. So I'm not going to do it again now. But Matt, um, tell us about your trip and um, what did you learn from it? Well, first of all, I went on my own. Um, and when you spend, and I, and, I, and I extended my stay in Australia, um, by a couple of weeks so I was in Australia for nearly three weeks and I'm lucky to have a lot of support to be able to do that not just in my home life but in my uh, businesses as well so that was um, that was amazing the investments uh, already paying back because uh, my coaching and training business for estate agencies has never been clearer um, it's rebranding I've got so many good things going on in that so it's relaunching in the next couple of months and a lot of that's because when I listened to the likes of Tom Panos, Tom Ferry and, and those guys, and they were sharing some absolute gold and some dynamite, I really realized, sorry, to, this sounds really braggy, but I've got some freaking gold and dynamite as well that I probably haven't uncovered. And when you're on your own for such a long time, you get the opportunity to look back over your career from when I first started without a car to um, the most challenging times in my career, COVID, opening a new business. So. I think self-awareness is one of the big things I picked up while I was over there. And, and not, not necessarily from the speakers, but from just being immersed in my own world for, for that amount of time. What I also realized is that when you create that self-awareness, you realize who you are. And Gemma has been on here before, Gemma Noon and my, my MD, and she talks a lot about values. And um, there was a lot of talk around authenticity online and how important that really is. And you've got the likes of Reese Witherspoon and there's a lady called Madison who works for Ryan Serhant or work as one of the agents for the, you know, the, the Serhant group and how they post authentically, what they focus on. And when you talk authentic, you really got to understand who you are, what you believe in. And if you share 
your truth, your um, your beliefs, your opinions, and it's coming from you, not too many other places. Because I think we live in a world where you've got so much stuff being thrown at you. Sometimes you forget what's your voice, who are you. I've, I've experienced that, especially when I went into the Tony Robbins world for a, a few years and I went massively into personal development and there's a there's a there's definitely an element with personal development that you need to embrace but you also need to be aware of not losing yourself along the way and I think Australia's taught me to um, reinvest in my beliefs my values my learnings my experiences and share more of my content rather than perhaps um, I don't ever deliberately plagiarize anybody else but I probably don't I probably definitely well I definitely haven't valued some of what I've delivered over the years high enough which has actually helped me in my career in every step of the way so it's going to help people in their steps so I really realized that was so important from the scripts that you just mentioned on the fees to, to which we get faced with every day in a state agency and how to hold your commission they're things that I really picked up from the guys but I didn't necessarily think I'm going to use their approach. It's just made me realise what was my approach? How did I do it? How did I face those challenges when I was out there in the field? And Steve, you'll be you'll laugh at this. I'd done four or five valuations probably over four or five years, really properly. Um, I've done nine in two in the like the last six weeks. I've done nine valuations um, because I want to be in the field, feeling that 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 out of comfort zone experience. So one of the things they talk about a lot at Eric was how the best agents just, just get on with it. They just do it. They don't procrastinate. And I think one of the things that distractions and social media and, and the world of the device, you know, whereby you are, you're at everyone's beck and call. You've got your team, you've got your clients, you've got your wife, you've got your husband, you've got your partners, you've got your friends. You've got your mums, your dads, if you're lucky. You've got all of these. Everyone's got access to you at any given moment, which means more often than not, it's your, you're distracted away from your focus. You're distracted away from doing the things that you need to do. And I think if an agent went into every day with a clear focus on achieving maybe just one thing, <coughs> focusing on what that one thing really looks like and what's going to achieve that one thing, and they're, the, they're my priorities for today, Everything else can distract me, but I need to do that. That needs to be a must. And I think I really admired the agents that got there. They got up on stage and you could see some of them were nervous. You could see some of them were out of their own comfort zones, but they've gone and done it, shared in front of four and a half, five thousand people because they want to give more value. But I took that value as in they do the work. They do the work. They know why they're doing it and they set time, they prioritize and they do it. And I think that's so admirable in today's world that we could all learn a thing or two around that. So that was a, that was a big a big thing for me. Right. So can I pick through some of the things that you you spoke about there? That's okay. So coming back to the field, how has that been, and um, what has actually worked well for you doing those nine? Cons consultations, appraisals, valuations, whatever anybody calls them. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's ignited a bit of fire, if I'm honest. And what I mean by that, that's not me talking up what I've done on these appointments and how many I've converted and the fees and all that. Don't get me wrong. 
I'd love to share all of that because it's quite it's quite good. But it's not about that. It's about when you're under pressure and you're in a situation. There's four other agents or there's three other agents, and they're saying, "I want to use you, but your your fees are too high. Will you discount?" And then you go, "Well, I walked away with one four weeks, five weeks ago, where I said, okay, you know, I was I've, out of five agents, they want to go with me. They're actually putting the price around the area that I was recommending, which was." 50, 75 grand less than some of the other agents, but 25 grand more than another one and so on and so forth. And I said, yeah, okay, let's do it. But actually, uh, about two weeks later after, you know when you've done something and you think, I didn't fight there. And I fought harder when I was with them than I did just then. I I literally rolled over in 20 seconds. And then I didn't say, well, why do you want to choose me? Why do you want to work with me? And if I don't discount my fee and my service and, and everything that you've bought into, are you telling me you're not going to use me? So I used that two weeks, three weeks later, and the client went, no, I just thought I'd ask. So being out in the fields taught me a lot about myself. It's taught me a lot about the fact that being out there in the field, people buy confidence, not desperation. They they love transparency. I quote my fees at the start, not at the end. Because um, I know it's a, it's a, there's two things most 99.9% of the vendors want. They want to know what your price is and what your fee is. Okay, so let's tackle, let's take, let's take fee and let's just dish that up right at the start. So we've got a whole hour or two hours to, to discuss whether you think I'm worth it or not. And the price, well, the price is something that we've been working on as a group for ages. And you should never give a valuation because the market will dictate the, the end value. What you should give is two strategies. So they get the choice of which strategy to go with, which is based around their needs, their time frame. Now, I've been doing that a while with my clients that I've coached and mentored. And it's successful because the client gets to choose and you're working with them rather than you're saying, you know, Steve, I think it's probably 325, maybe 350, judging your reaction, changing my approach. And then all of a sudden you're on the back foot um, from there. So that's been that's been pretty, pretty good for me out there in the field. OK, and thank you for being honest about what you said from the first appraisal that you went on and what you learned about it. And I think that's a really important lesson there. You know, what you said was, um, you know, within 20 seconds, you were, you know. Yes, yes, they've chosen me. Yeah, you know, which, which is great. But then turning it around for the next time and learning and actually they were fine. And that's understanding that sellers are potentially only asking the question. Um, and I think another good point that you've come up with there is asking why they want to use you in the first place. You know and learning from that and saying to people look my last five instructions have become because these people wanted this 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 they wanted the transparency they wanted me they've seen my marketing they've seen i'm not distracted they've seen i'm gonna whatever it is whatever the reasons are the other thing that just comes to mind is and anybody watching this is as business owners are you going out with your listers and seeing how they actually do it and what can you learn from them as well? Because I think there's a big lesson there. Or how many of your listeners have actually gone with you, Matt, since you've been back on the field to see how good good you are and you know what they can learn from you as well? Do you know, that's, that's such an important point. For anyone watching this, you'll probably think, yeah, that's a good idea. But will you do it? So Luke, who works with me in Gigs & Co, 
uh, you know, a year or maybe even 18 months ago, we decided we weren't really interested in market share, which is really weird because that's what I built my business and my reputation on in the early years of Gigs & Co. It was about being number one, we're this, we're that, and braggy and everything else, which it suited me at the time. I was full of energy, and that's exactly what I wanted to do. But if I opened it today, I'd be not going down that particular route. I'd be looking to build a business around my values and the things that are important to me. So going out with Luke was really, really good. Luke's been an agent for nearly 20 years, and he's a, he's a fabulous learner. He's someone that takes stuff on board and goes... But we'd hardly spent any time together in the field. You know, Ollie, our key man in Sydney, has moved over to start his own business with, with us in another area. And it didn't work out with another fellow over eight or nine months. But no one's, no one's fault, just really the, the logistics and the weekends and so on and so forth. But Luke's like, we've done four valuations together in the last four weeks, five weeks. And I'm following up stuff while he's away at the minute. And it's just... Do you know what? It's really good. But it's what I used to do with Ollie eight years ago, seven years ago. We'd be out watching each other, learning from each other. And it was it was such good fun. And, you know, don't we're, we're all, we all want good feedback, positive feedback. But actually, and, I've, and this is one of the things to share with your listeners today. Feedback, it may be the breakfast of champions, but it's the absolute goal that's going to help you to improve your business and your ability moving forward. It'll be better than any training session that you'll do because what your customer's saying to you is why they wanted to use you in the first place. What is it about you that's made them go yes? And then we've agreed with clients that we want feedback from them regardless of whether they use us. We actually just want to get better. So your feedback's gold for us. It's the only investment we ask you to make we will spend two or three hours making sure that you've got the right strategies to choose from when you go to market. If you want to go to market with us, brilliant. Tell us why. If you don't want to go to the market with us or me, please just tell me why and be as honest and as brutal as you can. And Luke and I are kind of really working on this theory at the minute that each time we get that feedback, it's going to only help us to move a bit further forward towards our goals. And uh, going out with them is its not a... It's not a should, it's, a, it's an absolute must. It really is. I've learned so much about Luke out there in the field that I'm really impressed with. But also I can see there's things that I can really help him with um, too. And he's took stuff away from me and given me feedback. So it's been really cool. Good, go on there. So what was one bit of feedback you've taken on board from Luke then? So Luke's, Luke really likes having, so Luke's not really lent too much into the kind of questions that I would ask. So his feedback would be sometimes he doesn't know what questions to ask and it can sometimes feel a bit tricky. And the thing that we discussed and what I think he really observed, that this is on a positive side, sorry to start with the positive, but he really watched the fact that I, I played back the vendor's answers a lot. So when you're in a, a consultation, Steve, or you're with anybody, it's really important that you get to the needs by repeating and checking and, 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 and probing what that actually is. Is it just a want? Is it important? Is it something they can't live without? Is it essential? And actually, when you get into that place, that's when the beginning of the process starts, when you can start to put solutions their way. And what he realized is that I don't just bombard people with solutions that they might not need. I bombard them. I don't actually bombard them. We, we select the ones that we think will be appropriate. 
from a feedback perspective, I think um, Luke's. I think he hasn't given me too much negative. I'm not trying to be, um, and that's probably something that I need to force him out of. But we're getting some great feedback from customers. Some of the things is just like the follow up and making sure that people have got it in writing and that kind of stuff. But also making sure that um, if it's our fees, why is there such a difference? And Joe just had one this week where he said, "Really liked you, but there's three of you. I didn't know who to choose. You know, and actually." I said to Joe, he's rung you up, which means he's chosen you. Um, what do you do next? So we've got so much, and we're, you know, we are a market leader, we're a very strong company, culture, but God, it's made me realize that I need to look at myself. I really need to support the guys around me more, give them more training and inspiration in the challenging areas of agency today. And then I need to share it to an even bigger audience because it's real. Okay, so we've got a question here. So thank you, um, Demetrius, for watching. Very grateful. So when you watch shows like Million Dollar Listing, Selling Sunset, and the frenzy they create over open house events, and you can add maybe now crazy rich agents, which had that open home in the Bishop's Avenue, which is another discussion for another day, I think. Um, do you think the UK 200 to 500,000 pound market will ever move in that direction? What's your view on open house events? Why are they not being utilized more? It's a brilliant question, Demetrius. I think it depends on your business. It depends on what you're trying to achieve. Um, I think one of the things I talk about with regards to strategy would suggest that an open house or, or a guide price offers in excess of or something that's going to be really challenging the market and standing out in the market would be a sensible way to bring more people through the door in the space of a morning. You can stage it, make it look amazing. It's more suitable for the client. So I do think there's a lot there. I don't pay that much attention to some of those shows because I don't think they're, they're, they're actually very good, in my opinion. I don't think they're great agents. I think a lot of it is just a show. Um, so it's about getting viewers, not actually. It's a bit like, you know, booking in an open house, having 20 people look at it, and at the end of it, you haven't got a sale. For me, what, do, what, do, what does the client actually need and want? A lot of clients want to test their curiosity, which would mean they'd want to still try it at a higher level because they've got the time to do that and that's their asset. So if clients want to go down that particular route, you ought to try that first and then move to an open house maybe second. Do open houses work? I do if I think it's been promoted in the right way, but you still need a plan. You still need to make sure it's being publicized in the right way and you're creating demand. And then the person that's there needs to know that property inside out. They need to have the answers to the questions. They can't be in those houses just opening the door like they were in COVID and then shutting it on the way out. My daughter's 13 shortly. If I would have got her in my business two years ago when she was 11, she would have sold houses every weekend. And, you know, it wasn't difficult. The challenge back then was driving up the value to the point where the right buyer is buying it at the right price. The challenge today is getting a buyer that's right and in a good position to be able to buy the house and then negotiate the best price up against the stories that those buyers are coming back to us with at the minute. So I think there's a, it feels to me like if you've got a vendor that's super motivated, yes. If you've got a vendor that's really wanted to test their curiosity, probably not first time out, but then maybe lean onto it once you've given them what they need. 
Jacqueline on the green wall. Look, um, Demetrius, great questions. Loads of different marketing strategies out there. Our job um, as agents is to get the sellers a premium price to create that competition um, in order to do that. Um, anybody watching this, I've got a fantastic slide um, that I had Troy Malcolm from um, John McGrath's office um, do a training session with me, and he said that, and he so showed demonstrated the best infographic I've ever seen. So if anybody wants that, direct message me. Going to see how many listeners and watchers we actually do have. Um, apart from you, Demetrius, so a little test there. So you've got one thing there. And, and as Matt said, if people want to test the market, it's all about you knowing who your hot buyers are. So what I would suggest is get your hot buyers, five hottest buyers are, because if you put it on, on right move and it's not selling, properties then in isolation, you're not creating that competition. So get those five hottest people here, get that price feedback from the seller, from the buyers, give that to the seller. And then you can make an educated decision as to what is the best way to move forward with their biggest asset. And we've got to try and not be an expert, which is trying to pinpoint the price, which, you know, my team at Giggs and Bell went out to one a couple of weeks ago. Another agent said 250 and they sold it without listing it on right move um, for about 25 or 30,000 pounds more. They actually generated the hot buyers to go and view it before it was launched. And that's actually really helped them drive up the value. But you're right. For me, it's really about understanding needs, delivering solutions, understanding needs, delivering solutions. And that's it. Couldn't agree more. Right. Coming back to Australia. So thank you for everything you shared there. Another thing you spoke about was about stopping distractions. So, you know, we do live in a busy world. There are loads of distractions out there. You talked about focusing on the one thing. What is Matt Giggs one thing? So for me, it's giving value to more agents. It's for my for my coaching business, which I'm directly in control of. I'm rebranding, refocusing on my content, doing more videos. So my messages, my training through more videos, rather than too many um, quotes that aren't mine or sharing um, perhaps the written word. I'm not so strong in that particular area. Is that I'm not a great writer. I'm I'm, I'm better at articulating myself in in one to one or one to many. So um, sharing inspiration, ideas, how to go and be a better agent in a better way that's more humanistic, but still with the view to earning good salaries, good income, good profit, um, which is what we all want at the end of the day. We're not here to do it for free. Um, in, in fact, far, far from it. So I think for me, it's about my one thing is deliver as much value, impact as many people as I can in the UK by doing more on camera, more videos, and getting into more heads that way okay so you talk about adding value so what can agents be doing to be adding value to their customers whether they're sellers buyers landlords and tenants at the moment with a market um however you would like to call it depends on people's um mindset yeah your market's in your mind we, we you and i both know that i mean the price is a price, you know, that's something that you'll find when you find the right buyer. So the right buyer is under everyone's nose. It's normally in their data, as you would talk about. It's probably on one and following on social media or their social media channels. Their buyers are out there right now. There are buyers for every single property. There's only two reasons or one reasons, one reason why each listing that's still available hasn't sold and you, the agent. 
it's not the price, it's not the marketing, it's you. You haven't educated, you haven't inspired them, you haven't given them the options or the solutions. And if they're not if they're not realistic, and we've just unlisted one today, it was on for a hundred grand more um, than it should be at the moment, and we've just agreed to to do it low key now, take it off the portals, that kind of stuff. And you know, I, I think you've got to protect your brand in some ways in that area. But I do feel that agents have got a lot of information, they've got a lot of the answers. They need to be able to bring vendors right now to that information show them, share with them the insights that they need to see so those people can make the right decisions to move forward. Agents have got the power in their thin fingertips like they've never had before. It's how do you give that? How do you share that? How do you inspire that into your clients so they feel informed before changing their strategy or accepting an offer or whatever? You know, I've got one that my colleague sent with me today because I said, let me have a, let me try and see if I can help you with that one, you know? Um, you've got to understand what the needs of your sellers are. And you've got the information, the solutions in your fingertips to be able to give them that. And that's what agents should be doing, rather than focusing on how many sales there are on or, you know, trying to win a listing, which is never going to sell in the first place or get to completion. You know, be clever about what you do in your time. And I think actually talking about video and adding value at the moment i think because there's so much constant negative news out there there's a lot of sellers and buyers not really understanding what's going on in their micro market and to have those discussions microly on your local level what's going on in your area helping them doing videos with local brokers um solicitors you know how can you get sale ready all these things are going to make a massive massive difference so there's plenty of ways out there that agents can add value and make a difference and i agree with you in this market it's all about being a matchmaker um you know and i know you were you weren't being disrespectful that your daughter could have um, sold properties and i and i agree with you and this isn't being disrespectful to any agents out there because you worked incredibly hard through covid you know, yeah, the, hard hard work, the hard work was trying to manage the volume yeah and that was and that was a thing with all the um you know managing all the value uh, managing all the inquiries was mad here we come we're joined by the dog now he wants his two pennies worth so it was managing all of that whereas now you know you would before you would turn up you have 30 people wanting to see it you may get 30 offers it was absolutely crazy now the market's different. Now you have to be a matchmaker. Now you have to know who those hot buyers are because there are plenty of people out there that need to sell. And again, I'm feeling very generous on this Friday. So if anybody wants the 11 reasons why people need to sell as well, get in touch as well. Right, so um, I've got another couple of questions and we're doing well and I'm conscious of time. So thank you, everybody. Really grateful for you watching it. And if you are enjoying it, please share it. You know, Matt is sharing loads of gold um, out there. Please share it, like it, talk about it, get your colleagues involved. So Barry Collins, Barry, twice in one day. Right, nice to hear from you. Okay, so Barry is a recruitment consultant. Okay, so this is a question on recruitment. Um, I'd love to hear about uh, Matt's recruitment strategy, unsurprisingly, and his views on taking on fresh talent. A lot of employers have been saying for too long that they haven't got time to train new people in this market, which is a real shame. Okay, so let's, let's unpack that. Thanks. Great question, Barry. Um, 
you've got to know your vision and you've got to believe in it because if you're going to attract people which is what great recruitment looks like they need to know why they are going to join your organization does it align with what they want to do as a career as a job what kind of company is it is it a, a micromanagement culture you know do you want to have people that are just sat at their desks being told what to do all the time and having their phone calls recorded or do you want to give more trust what are your values? What are you trying? Who are you trying to recruit? What kind of teams? For me, recruitment's about attracting. It's about putting the right messages out there. It's about being honest about your values and what's important to you as an organisation, and taking the time. I think it's crazy that people are trying to take people on after a half an hour discussion. That person needs to know that you're the right organisation. If they haven't got any questions around the way in which you operate, the way you develop, manage. Um, appraise, reward, give time off, whatever it might look like, and they haven't asked any questions, they're not coming to you for a vocational role in a state agency, which a state agency is, ladies and gentlemen. It is relentlessly vocational. You have to love it if you're going to be successful and earn really well. If you're coming to do just the job, you're going to be in the lower thresholds of pay you're not really going to be giving value because that reflects in your behavior when you're in the role. Estate agents can make a difference in every single conversation. So if you've got somebody in front of you who isn't willing to ask you questions about your organization, forget it. They're not the right people. So our process, Barry, is we use values ranking. So we've got a system that Gemma operates with. So they'll have a first chat. It'll be a discussion around what they're looking to achieve, what are their needs, what are their aspirations. We'll talk around values as an organisation and what our vision looks like. Then we'll dig deeper into the role. Then they'll actually come and see the office that they're looking to work in and spend some time in there with the team so they can give us some feedback on whether it's the environment that they want to be in. In the same day, we would often do the values ranking with them. What's important to them It's done through a Swedish company that we use online. It's a really cool system, but it helps us to understand why people are the way they are, what their beliefs are. So we do that with them. Even if they don't join, that's massively valuable for them in future to go off somewhere else that will align with what they want to do. And then we get to the nitty gritty, which is why you shouldn't do the job, right? We want you to know why you're going to hate certain areas of this job, why it's going to be difficult, what are going to be your challenge in your darkest days, what are you going to be expected to do, what's it like to work for Matt or to be in this business and so on and so forth. Because I think if you're selling your jobs to people, you're, you're knackered. I honestly think you're, you're in trouble. People still need to. I know that the... The, the recruitment market's gone through a lot of challenges where people's expectations on salary and, and worth are up here and business owners are like, why am I paying somebody that amount to produce that amount? So there's been this like seesaw of, uh, of, of expectation. I don't think you should be selling your company to someone. You should be displaying transparently what you do, why you do it, why you believe in these things and where you're heading. What's the aspiration? What are you trying to achieve? Is that something that excites that person? Dig into the detail. Dig into why it's great, why it's not so great, why it's hard, why it's inspiring. Be really honest and give it enough time. Don't hop into this new relationship without absolutely exploiting and exploring and being curious with each other first. 
Barry, let us know if that answers your question. Hine, thanks very much for your kind words. Two legends, good to see you both. Lovely hearing from you. Thank you, appreciate that. I'm not sure that legends, what that really means, but thank you. Um, so coming back to Australia, because we think we're getting pulled from all direction. Um, give us three things, just before we end, three things that um, you, you really like from there. So I'm conscious of who your audience is. If it's, if it's estate agents who go out and put houses on the market, have the mindset to win before you've been. So what do you do to prepare to go out there on that valuation? What do you actually do to prepare mentally? When you shut the door on your car and you're just about to go in, are you still distracted or are you present? You know, one of the things I believe at the minute is if you're taking a phone or an iPad in, Make sure your notif notifications are turned off. Make sure you're not getting disturbed and getting that bad news. You know, I remember years ago when I was out there on an appointment once, it was going really well until I got a, a complaint. There was a complaint come through. I could see it hold up on my phone. I was like, what? And then you're like, I've gone. My mind's gone. I'm, I'm into this. Why, why are they complaining? You know, and um, my opinion is you can win before you've been. Now, that's something that they didn't use in Australia as such, but they did talk about the preparation before the appointment, and they put quite a lot more thought into that process. And I think that's something that only you can dictate. What do you listen to on the way? What do you take with you? What kind of call are you having with that client before you've gone out there? Are you laying out a structure? Some really good value there. Um, something else that some of you might like if you're selling properties and you're doing well in certain areas is how do you get your vendor to share their story with your neighbors so they do like a neighborhood hero so the the vendor would be talking about their agent and why they moved and how they've helped them to achieve their goal and actually that's that's like your old-fashioned 20 20 50 50 so, so it's you know stephen brown's just sold for us instead of me going to every neighbor we've just sold stephen's house you should use us stephen is with our brand talking about his experience to his neighbours. Yeah, Tom Ferry's got a very good letter um, I think on it's that. Tom Ferry, if I'm honest. Yeah. Something like, yeah. I think it may have been Tom Ferry. Um, yeah. How to have fierce conversations. Um, fierce conversations are essential right now, guys. If you're coming in and there's a, there's a great book or an audio called Eat a Frog for Breakfast, okay? You need to eat 10 frogs for breakfast at the minute because if you've got more than 20 houses on the market in your available stock half of those sellers need to know what to do right now and they need to know what you're doing to deliver that so go into the lounge have fierce difficult conversations my question to the guys that i mentor and coach is when was the last time you were out of your comfort zone in a call and when they go oh, um they are comfort zone killing agents. They're killing their business because they're not going into conversation. And one of the final bits around that is that you only convert in conversation. You only convert in conversation, not on a text, not on an email, not on a WhatsApp. You convert in conversation. So if you want to convert more valuations, you need to look at the follow-up. You need to look at your appointment. You need to look before you go. What are you doing in conversation in all of those areas? Not, oh, don't worry, 
I've got a great report going back to the client. They're going to read it. And then all of a sudden, they're going to ring me up. No, you fool. One of the biggest mistakes Countrywide made back 20 years ago. They had this brochure that said the 10 reasons why you should use us or whatever it was. It was rubbish. Not because it was a rubbish brochure. It looked really nice. But the guys got the brochure and they'd sit there in front of people and go, right, reason one is we're the largest network in the UK. And they'd literally talk at people. Guys, conversation is two-way. The great agents make it 80-20. You know, they've got that customer talking to them about their needs, what's important. And then you are literally giving them the solutions. You're serving the solutions. And if the solution, you can win um, trust by talking about the most important thing to them and delivering that as the majority of your appointment, brilliant. You don't need to talk about the nine other things or the 14 steps or 100 things that we do better than everybody else. Or you just got to get over the fact that today's world is avoiding you from conversation. It's taking you away from conversation. Steve, turn your data into gold, right? That isn't text as many people as you can. You know, it's not. You know, you want to maybe text them to bring them into a conversation. See, I've just seen this house go on the market near you. It reminded me of you. What do you think of the price? Should we have a chat and I'll give you my opinion? Bosh, conversation. Then, what are you doing in the conversation? To inspire that client to make a decision that works for them. I've just told a client recently, you should not move or sell this house for at least another two or three years. Because actually the reasons why they want to do it make it more sensible to just rent it for another two years and then sell it. And then if you add the rent and the eventual price together, it's worth a monumental amount more and it actually suits their needs. And they were like, really appreciate that. And by the way, we rent properties and we're not going to be their rental agent because they're happy with who their rental agent is. So that's really important. That reminds me of a story years ago when I was at Green and Co. And I went on an appraisal and I remember it's in Fordwich Road and listening to their circumstances. And I said, Have you ever considered renting out your property? And they said, No, you know, we haven't done that. So I said, Okay, well, let's look into that, explored it. And they kept it and they rented it out. And then four years later, um, I was in a different office. The manager came back from them. He said, I've just been to see this particular property. They asked whether you were still there. They said you were the only agent that gave them that advice about renting it. They wanted to say thank you so much. They were so grateful because not only have they got the rent, but their asset has obviously appreciated considerably as well. And you were listening to them and giving them advice. And everybody else was thinking of it as a one-off transaction. Whereas I was thinking about how can I do what is best for that seller and how can I make that seller client for life? And likewise, similar to you, it's getting people to understand that everything they should be doing is to win that client for life for when they're just not only recommending you them, but they're going to recommend their friends, their family, their colleagues, their neighbours to you because you're giving them advice, you know, and it's coming back to a doctor, you know, when Sam was ill, you know, we saw some amazing doctors, but what do they do? They listen to you, they diagnose, and then they come up with the solutions. Um, and, you know, there was one doctor in particular that I think was best doctor I've ever seen in my life. 
because he really went through absolutely everything and then came up with a solution. So it's great. So I've got one final question for you. Go on, I'll let you, I'll let you speak. Quickly, Ollie told me about a story yesterday where he sold this house for, I think it's 900,000, great sale. It's been going for six months. He's probably spent 100 hours more on this sale. And he's probably pound per hour rate is probably quite low. But you know what? The vendors have recommended him to two other people because he's given the time. Even when he's not had the time, he's given them the time because he's focused on them. So anyway, that was... Yeah, look, and look, the average UK fee, I think, is about £3,000. Um, you know, if you look at it, what the client for life is, you know, if you go in and you think, oh, great, I'm going to sell this, it's £3,000. Yes. You think, actually, if I give ex exceptional service, this is going to end up being £70,000. I'm sure yes. most listeners will go in. You talked about mindset before with a very, very different mindset about oh, how they go. It's relationships rather than um, transactions. Hello. 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 You're there. Okay. So relationships Sorry. over transactions. Okay. One oh. final question for you, Matt. It's all good talking about all these things. What about implementation? What about taking action? Why do the best agents take action um, and out knowledge and out learn everybody? Do you know what? I just think they're clearer. They, they're clearer on why they need to do it. I think it's, you know, you hear all this stuff about know your why and know your why. I think people kind of, they go through the first service of why they think their why is this. You need to dig, 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 dig down. What's your real motive here? What are you trying to achieve? What's your outcome? I had a client that's come to me today and, um, you know, they're worried about doing a program with me because they're worried already about not doing what they need to do. And I'm like, you shouldn't do it then. Because you're not you don't know why you're coming to this it's okay me coaching you mentoring you but if you don't know why that's why you won't go to the how and the how is easy i can sit here and build a business plan with anyone today will they go and do the work not if they don't know why they're doing it so you've got to have the motivation you've got to know you know this is why people when they've had life-changing situations their motivation changes straight away and they make decisions that were so against their narrative, their story. And you almost need to imagine that when you're looking at um, taking on an opportunity or moving into a different direction or whatever. You need to know why, 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 why. On the bad day, if you know that, you make it a good day, right? And that's, that's really important, I think. Brilliant. Matt, thank you so much for your time. I'm really grateful. How do people find you, please? Um, best way is LinkedIn, I would say. Um, I've got a Facebook group called the Personal Power Group. So if this is on Facebook, it's the Matt Diggs Personal Power Group. We are going to rebrand that in the next couple of months, but you'll find me in there um, or Instagram at Diggs Matt. Brilliant. Look, thank you everybody for watching. Thank you for your questions. Really, really appreciate it. Um, please like it, share it, get it out there as well. And have a really good weekend or whenever you're watching it, day, afternoon, evening, morning. Thanks very much. Thanks so very much, Matt. Cheers. Take care.